Oh, hey there. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast with me, your host, Mel. But you already knew that. I'm recording from the green studio in what's probably going to be one of my last episodes in here. So feeling kind of nostalgic. And of course, it's one of those days that the backyard looks amazing. The birds are chirping. You know, everything that I moved to this beautiful little town is just gleaming in front of me. But it's time. It's time to move on. Um, for those of you who don't know, I moved to the Barossa about six and a half years ago and the Barossa very quickly became home. And it was one of the first places that felt home that I really identified as home. You know, I had this beautiful upbringing, but I was a child who definitely felt like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. I never really fit in. I was always trying to feel, feel, do lots of different things and feel accepted and find the things that I enjoyed, but I just never really got there. And then as an adult, I moved around a lot. And yeah, when I landed in the Barossa, it really started to feel homely and mine. Um, it was also really, you know, it's not hard to fly back to Sydney and to see my family and see all my friends on the East Coast. It was just this really beautiful little pocket of the world. Now, when I moved here six and a half years ago into the Barossa Valley, I also fell in love with Adelaide and I felt like I'd kind of missed out on this beautiful opportunity to live and absorb everything that is Adelaide. And if you haven't been to Adelaide, I highly recommend putting it on your list. It's this quirky little city that has, it's 10 minutes from everything. It's 10 minutes from the city. It's 10 minutes to the beach. It's 10 minutes to the hills, like slight exaggeration, but you get where I'm going with this. And so there's just so much at your fingertips. And when a friend of mine said to me last year, hey, do you want to move to Adelaide? I went, you know what? Why not? So packing up my house, packing up the green studio and moving to Adelaide this month. So that's a little bit of excitement. And it's also a little bit of um, a lot. (laughs) If you've ever moved house, you know that there's a lot going on. And it's something that sparked a bit of conversation, sparked a bit of thought in me about how as women, there's two, two facets to this. You know, every other time that I've moved, I originally moved from Sydney to Bathurst, Bathurst to Tamworth, Tamworth back to Sydney, Sydney to the Barossa. And every time I didn't, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I knew that there was something more for me at the next move, but I didn't really know what that was. I didn't know my exact living situation. I didn't know my exact work situation. And we just did it. You know, you make decisions when you're younger and you just lean into them. But as you get older, those decisions get harder and that trust in the uncertainty gets harder. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is, you know, having more responsibilities, but also having more tools to really be able to look after yourself in those really hyper times of stress. And so when you do make these decisions and do try to lean into the uncertainty, knowing the basics that you have to get into order to really allow the uncertainty to unfold while still looking after yourself. 
So with two weeks left to go until we hire the moving van and shift ourselves into what we are calling the Brompton Nunnery, stay tuned for that episode because uh, the housemates of the Brompton Nunnery is going to be, it's going to be a wild ride, let's just say. Um, But as I've booked the moving van, I've woken up and I'm like, right, I need to write out what I need to do. I need to organize some tradespeople. I need to organize some muscle to come and help me move my furniture. I need to organize blah, 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 blah. And I'm making the list. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh God, I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten. Now, if for anyone that knows me, again, Food is my love language. Food is so high on my values. Eating is so high on my values that when I lose my appetite, it is like the first red flag into my state of being. My loss of appetite, my link to appetite and stress is so high. And it's one of those things because right now I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be moving. I'm so excited to be going into change. I'm so excited to be moving in with my fellow nuns. Um, But it's, it's this big red flag that's holding up going, hey, we need some attention. Now, in the past, I would have gone, oh, well, I'm not hungry. You know, maybe I'll lose a couple of kilos out of this. Woohoo. But I also know what comes with low appetite. For me and for the Her Advantage women, we all know this, low appetite and skipping meals then leads to things like really restless night's sleep. It leads to shocking periods. My acne comes back. I start to get really sore joints. Like there's a plethora of things that happen just by me realizing I'm not eating as much as I normally do or as much as I normally would to look after myself. Now, again, you know, we're linking into this like full stress period. And like I said, I keep talking about stress as if it's a bad thing. I'm excited to move. I'm happy to move, but it's still stressful. And so that red flag pops up and all of a sudden I'm like, again, I'm writing these lists of how I'm going to move house, the things that need to do, the things I need to organize, the friends I need to ask for help. So I'm organizing the physical. I'm organizing all of the stuff in my outside world. You guys can't see me right now, but I am like reaching out my window. All of the things I'm like organizing all of them. And I've completely forgotten about me because you know what? We know that we get, we get through it. We get through the stress. It's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll handle it at the other end. But I've done this enough times to realize that I don't want to handle it at the other end. And I have the knowledge to know better. So I need to do better. So this little red flag's popped up. You're not eating as much as you normally would. Your appetite's down. I'm writing all of these lists and boxes and all of these things that need to happen. And I have a choice. I am faced with a choice right now of do I just keep going and eat what I can when I think about it? Or do I stop for 20 minutes and I write a list for me? Do I write a list of the things that I need to do, that I need to prepare so that my body, my being gets through the next couple of weeks? Now, 
I'm moving in with two other girls, two other phenomenal women. And so while I'm going through this, yes, I'm going to get to the other end and we're going to live in the Brompton nunnery and it's going to be amazing. But I also need to realize that, you know, I'm just me just pushing through this stress, me just pushing through the no appetite and hoping that, hey, maybe I'll lose a couple of kilos on the other end. Those girls are going to be dealing with my shit at the other end. And so when I start to feel really anxious, when I start to feel really overwhelmed, when I start to feel like I can't handle this because I'm unorganized, they're the ones that are going to have to pick up the pieces and reassure me that shit's okay. And I know that shit's going to be okay. But like I said, right now I have this decision and foresight to go, hang on a minute, nah. Let's make some different decisions now. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be writing a list of the things that I need to do for myself to get through it. Now, on top of that list is telling my friends, not the ones that I'm moving into, but the friends that are in my circle that might, you know, I might normally catch up with throughout the week or talk to on the phone, that I'm going to be a little bit distant and short for the next couple of weeks so that if they contact me, if they come in touch with me and I'm feeling, and you know, I'm not my usual bubbly self, that they're sort of aware, hey, she's going through some stuff. She's got it sorted. But if she's not, you know, if she's not her usual bubbly self or, you know, reaching out like she normally would, it's got nothing to do with them. That's, you know, we don't have to do that. We don't have to set healthy boundaries, but it's nice to just communicate and go, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening. Thank you for offering your support. I'm totally fine, but I'm just going to be distant for the next couple of weeks. Because you know what? We typically have really caring people in our life. And so when we start to act a bit differently, one, they feel it. So they start to feel anxious and overwhelmed. And so then you then end up looking after them or nursing them. But that's really, you don't have time for that. You're moving house, you're volunteering, you've got a big project at work. You don't have time to help with other people's emotions right now. You are allowed to make that decision for yourself and set those boundaries in place. It's not saying that if they don't have a massive emergency that comes up, you're not going to drop everything and be there for them. It's just saying right now in the day to day, you're going to peel back. I have a little tip on that too. I was talking with a client about this the other day. And if you haven't discovered the focus button on your phone, the little button that, you know, turns all notifications off, you need to get introduced with it. I'm talking specifically from an iPhone point of view, but you need to get introduced to your do not disturb. Also, if you are someone who goes to message someone else and they have the do not disturb function on and you're like, oh, notify anyway, don't be that person. Don't be the person that notifies them when they're in the zone. Um, But you can put timers on it. So we talk about with my clients, you know, when you do have a high stress, um, when you've got a couple of tasks to come up and they're really stressful, put focus on your phone, put, um, put a timer on for an hour, sit there, do the task and then get up and walk around. And typically you'll get so much more done in that hour because you are, like that function says, focused. So that was step one, setting, you know, just letting people know that you're pulling back a little bit and putting a focus function on your phone. The second thing that I'm going to do is write a shopping list. I am going to write a shopping list of thing of all of the basics that I normally have in my fridge 
and I'm going to make sure they're in there. And I am not going to start researching new recipes. I'm not going to start, you know, making a 15 step meal. I am literally going to cut the shit and only have the basics in the fridge. I am going to make sure that I have milk. I have orange juice. I have protein, animal protein that it like non-nitrate ham. I am going to have some cottage cheese, some yogurt. I am going to cook up some meat that I know that I can eat hot, warm and cold. So there's always seafood in my fridge that I can just quickly fry up in a little bit of butter and salt and have with some rice and potatoes. So rice and potatoes are also part of those basics. Like just really simple ingredients that I know that I can meal prep and have in the fridge to pull out or just cook up at the last minute. Because the other part of this is like linking back to the beginning. I am not very hungry at the moment. I don't have an appetite to sit there and eat a thousand million delicious things, but I do need to know that the food that I'm going to eat is, is I'm actually going to want to eat. And let's be honest, when you know when you're cooking things in butter and salt and deliciousness, it's freaking easy and delicious. Um, ham and cheese on sourdough is again one of my staples at the moment. Just delicious meals. Delicious, easy meals. People ask me all the time, what's a really quick, easy meal? The quickest and easy thing is something that you like that has lots of nutrients in it. And it's not fucking complicated and not complicated by, I mean, there's not a 30 step process in which that you can have the snack. And you only know that by learning a little bit about what nutrition is. The third and biggest thing that gets so underestimated is sleep. The boundaries you put around sleep is vital for the next couple of weeks. Now, You know, typically when we're stressed, we're tired in the morning and awake at night. And so you're like, oh, I'm just going to work while I'm, you know, alive and while I'm doing things. And you all of a sudden it's two o'clock in the morning and you're still not in bed, but you've got to get up at seven o'clock to get the kids to school or whatever the task or get to work or whatever the task is in the morning. Sleep is a non-negotiable. And so again, setting a boundary at the end of the day to go, right, I'm going to wind up at nine o'clock. And I'm going to have my little pre-bed snack and I'm going to read my book for 10 minutes and I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to bed because I need sleep to recover and then get up in the morning and do whatever it is you need to do. And that, that act, so for me, I still set an early alarm. I still go, excuse me, for an early walk in the morning. I still have my smoothie first thing, like those non-negotiables for me help me get through the stuff. If I don't have sleep, don't come near me. Honestly, do not come near me. It is a public service that I get my eight hours of sleep of a night time, an absolute public service. And it's going to be for you too. You just don't even realize it yet. So setting those healthy boundaries around sleep is going to help you again with your appetite, with your level of organization. It's going to help you feel less overwhelmed. And there's something else that I want you to remember in all of this. Remember everything always just gets done, right? And I know that you think right now it just doesn't get done without you doing all the things, but everything always has a way of being done. And so you prioritizing your sleep 
is just allowing you to get through the process without feeling like a massive wreck on the other side. It's going to get done. It's okay. It's going to get done. So we've got writing a list of the things that, you know, choosing you, deciding that you're worth writing a list for. You're going to go and focus on the non-negotiables. You're going to write your list. You're going to make sure there's nutritious snacks in the fridge for you to grab and go for when you need. You're going to prioritize your sleep. And there was something that sort of slipped in there that I'd sort of just brushed over. It was, so for me, it's my walk in the morning. Uh, For you, it might be reading or connecting with your partner. But though carving out those things are going to be so much more vital for you than pushing through the task that you just think you need to have done tonight that's not going to wait until tomorrow morning. Because let me tell you, even if you get through the task, there's going to be another task that pops up tomorrow. So those, that little connection piece, whether it's with your book, whether it's with yourself, whether it's with your partner, whether it's with your child, connection is vital and it is so vital in you owning the best version of yourself. Now, I hope when you're not listening to this, you think like, oh, Mel's got it sorted. She's going to have all of the things set out and, you know, she's going to have breakfast out in that beautiful backyard of hers and everything's going to be chill. I need you to know that by the end of this two weeks, I can guarantee you a couple of things. One of the things that is absolutely certain is I'm going to have a collection of Tupperware containers or plates in my car because I am notorious for eating as I drive. Notorious. And you might think that's silly. You might think that that's a waste. You might think, why can't she just bring the plate in at the end of it? Doesn't just, we're not talking about that right now. What we're talking about is the fact that I'm like, nope, I need to eat right now. I don't have time to sit down for a meal, but I need to eat. So I'm going to be grabbing this piece of whatever it is I'm going to eat and eat it in the car while I drive to Spotlight to pick up the mattress protectors that I need to pick up, to pick up the box tape that I need to grab. All of the things make are made so much easier if I just have the food in the car with me. It doesn't look like sitting down and enjoying my meal. I will sit down for most of my meals, but not all of my meals. Um, so it's taking away of that looks perfect. I'm going to swap that meal needs to look perfect, but that meal needs to happen. Now, there is also something in this like rush and stressful period that, you know, we're going to work through together here. And that is when you're your ability to breathe and chew. So even though I'm going to be sitting in the car, and when I say I'm sitting in the car, I'm not doing a five-minute drive. Like if I'm eating in the car, I genuinely have to drive, you know, minimum half an hour somewhere. So I'm still going to be biting, chewing, and swallowing. I'm not inhaling the meal. That is vital. That's a vital little piece of this puzzle as well, okay? Now, while I feel like I've just wrapped up a lovely little tangent there, I hope there were some really powerful takeaways. And part of the other thing to realize is that while I've probably spent most of my adult life hopping around and not just small little moves, like literally picking up and moving cross state, that I've learned these things through doing the actions, through making the mistakes. And 
there's another thing that I really wanted to celebrate in this podcast is that, you know, my container, her advantage, so there's two factors of her advantage. There's my one-on-one coaching and then there's my, there is my group coaching. And my group coaching girls have been together for six months. They've been together for six months and I just wrote down the list of all the topics that we've discussed and that through this learning, through the last six months, that's when they put they put the piece, their own little basics together so that when they have these moves come up, when they have stressful times in their families, when they have stressful times in their lives, they have their list of basics that they know the list of they have their list of red flags and their basics come up and they know how to handle this shit so that when they get the other out the other side they're not feeling like a complete train wreck because we have a choice we have that choice to recognize those red flags and act on them rather than going oh well i'm just going to push through we have a choice to make that situation so much better and so much more comfortable for ourselves. In December, one of the tasks I did with my Hair Advantage women was looking at the work. We, we looked at a whole heap of pictures of women that we idolize and respect. Uh, people like Zoe Foster Blake, Lizzo, Chira Pitt. Um, I can't think of who the other people were. Rebecca Gidney. Um, you know, all of these women that are, that just radiate this energy and just really zooming in and going, you know what, the way that they carry this radiance, it's not a size, it's not a shape, it's not a skin color, it's not a fashion sense. It is this inner radiance that these women carry and we feel. And so when we want to feel the best that we can. It's not about looking the best that we can. It's not about um, wearing the most trendy clothes that we can. It's not about having the most perfect lifestyle that we can. It's about genuinely feeling this internal radiance. I don't know what that word is, radiance, so that we can share that with other women. And it is our responsibility to feel that radiance. It's our responsibility to light that radiance up inside us. So, I mean, the activity that we did there was literally collect. Um, we did like a um, mood board of all the women that we respect um, and love and look up to and wrote down all of the things, all of the features um, of their, of why we loved them. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't their physical appearance that came up. It might've been their style. It might've been a certain way they carry themselves, but it wasn't a, a physical trait. And so that's what we need to recognize in ourselves is that when we're aiming to be this healthy, radiant human being, it's not a size that we're wanting to fit into. It's not a shape that we're wanting to fit into. It's not a hair color that we're wanting to style. It is literally feeling this radiance within us. And I believe that this radiance comes from owning the basics, from recognizing the red flags, from recognizing our triggers, from owning our basics and really coming back to putting ourselves first. And putting ourselves first by realizing that looking after ourselves doesn't mean letting go of others. So before I get into too much of a tangent, I'm going to wrap this baby up 
and hope that you took something really vital out of it. Hope that you took a little basic out of it. Hope that you are going to act on a basic or a decision that you've been putting to the back of your mind and you go, you know what? Mel needs me to act on this. I'm going to act on this and act on the thing that means the most to you right now that you're putting off. Because know that that's going to have a flow on effect to how you feel in a month's time, in three months time, in a year's time. So without further ado, if you found this little rant helpful, please share it with someone you think might also find it helpful. If you had a really big takeaway or a really big light bulb moment, I would love to hear what that was. So slide into my DMs or message me and tell me what the takeaway was. But until next time, enjoy your day.